Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? All right. That game was a little rough to get through. That was like, I think it was like eight Reese's Cups to get through the game and how I felt after the game. Mm. The dangers of having Halloween candy in the house before Halloween. Yes, the dangers and the pluses, because you definitely need something to get you through that game. As the Packers, if you missed it, lose 19-17 to on Sunday to the previously 1-5 Denver Broncos. The Packers have now lost uh, 3 of 4, no, 3 in a row and 4 of 5. Uh, it's not going great. We are 2-4 and four now, so that's fun. Uh, good time to be a Packers fan. Not really. Uh, It's always tough when you go lose to the Raiders by week, lose to the Broncos. Uh, But don't worry. We are going to be here for you, ranting it out, talking about everything that went wrong in this horribly ugly game. It was ugly like we thought it would be, but the Packers did not prevail in this one. We've got a lot to talk about in this one. But before we do, just wanted to pitch a few things. If you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out... uh, Pieces of data we find interesting from previews and post games. Uh, we tweet out uh, when we have new episodes, articles we find interesting, videos we find interesting, pieces of Packers news. So come give us a follow there. Once again, that's at Father Son Packer. And then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. We're even on YouTube. You can check out our stuff there as well. We put all our episodes up there as well. Um, subscribe to us there. It would really help us out. But, Dad, should we just get this over with? <laughs> Yeah, we're we're here for the good times and we're here for the punishment. Yep, and this was certainly the punishment. And not just on the scoreboard, Dad, as we start off with the injury report in this game. Not good. Uh, a lot of re-aggravations in this game. A lot of players getting dinged up. Uh, a few people were able to return in-game, so let's just read this off. Uh, Eric Stokes, uh, in his debut back from that awful foot injury and knee injury from last year, Pulled up with a hamstring injury running downfield as a punt gunner in this game and was visibly frustrated on the sidelines, so that's not great. He had previously already struggled with a hamstring injury when trying to return earlier in the year, so not great. Hamstring strike again in Green Bay. Same story this year seems to be for a lot of players. Uh, Darnell Savage pulled up with a calf injury after coming into the game with the same calf injury uh, he was questionable coming into this game with. Uh, according to Rob Domofsky, he's expected to miss multiple weeks and could even end up on IR, so that's not great. Uh, Devontae Wyatt was carted to the locker room with a knee injury um, after coming into the game being questionable with a knee injury. So something to keep an eye on. We don't have any more news on that one. Christian Watson got his knee rolled up on near the end of the game, but we did hear from Bill Huber uh, that Watson said that the scans were fine in an interview today. So that is at least positive. He might still not be able to go this week, but at least it sounds like it's not going to be a long-term thing. Uh, Luke Musgrave um, apparently hurt his ankle on the cheap shot he took from Kareem Jackson, who has been suspended four games for that hit, according to Ian Rappaport. He was in a walking boot after the game, so something to keep an eye on for him as well. And then according to Andy Herman, the following players also left the field and were looked at at one point or another. All of them did return, though. Uh, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Josh Myers. Um, When Myers did go out, the line went to Walker Jenkins, Tom, Runyon, Nyman. Something to think about maybe going forward. Uh, Myers did return, though, as did those other two. Dad, any thoughts on the injuries, or should we move on to the game breakdown? It just seems like we're running out of players, on, especially on defense, where we keep losing starters. 
and we've already used our bye week and we somehow got less healthy over the bye week. We came into this game with 10 players on the injury report after two weeks of rest. I mean, it's just, it's not going very well for the Packers in a lot of different ways right now. And dad, speaking of things not going well, let's get to the meat of the game breakdown because this game sucked. Um, we always start with the play of the game, the biggest moment of the game. This is per ESPN win probability. Um, Love's interception on third and 20 at the end of the game took the odds from a 57.5% chance of Denver winning to a 91.5% chance of Denver winning, which was a 34% swing. That uh, pretty much ended the game. Um, that was pretty much that. The Packers were driving down two, uh, looking to find uh, essentially the yardage for a game-winning field goal. And, you know, I think Love actually played okay in this game. Um, or at least for stretch of this of this game, but that throw was not good. Just not good. Didn't see the safety, underthrew it. It was bad. Bad decision, bad um execution. Yeah. Just just not great. Just, just bad. Yeah. Um beyond that though, I mean let's let's just get into it, Dad. Let's just talk about it. Yeah, I think uh um it was a little interesting, I think, that they were that that uh, Denver win percentage was still in the fifties that late in the game with the lead, but the Packers having the ball, you yeah. know, the probability to say they had a decent chance of winning that game. Yeah. It was, it was close to a toss up at that point. And Packers, that once again, there was a killer. I mean, they are basically yeah. in field and goal range. And it hurts, especially it. when it's, you know, it's a hold on your, who's supposed to be your, probably your best player on offense on yeah, Elton Jenkins, second offense. and 10. And it knocks you back from, being in Denver territory all the way back to your own side of the 50 yeah. second and 20 and you're behind the eight ball from there. You can't complete on second and 20 it's third and 20. You know, I understand, I guess if love feels like he has to throw one up, but it just wasn't the right decision there. You got two downs there to get going. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, but dad, do you want to start with the offense or the defense in this one? I think we should probably start with the offense because I've got a lot more to say there. I think I think there are a lot more interesting discussions to be had on that one, I guess, is what I would say. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with the offense. Um, so let's start with what they're saying. Uh, so Matt LaFleur was asked about the slow start in first halves. And if you didn't know, uh, so far this season, uh, the Packers have now been outscored 63-6 to six in the last four games <laughs> in the first half, which is just horrifying averaging less than two averaging one and a half points a first half a game through we're four starting games to enter like d2 oh against a top a, a, a top uh you know level college program against a division two or division three team yeah it's the six points across four games in the in the first halves of four games is just it's just terrible but what matt lafleur had to say about the slow start in first halves um this quote was from his presser today uh, quote, you look in the second half, we were able to, uh, or this was like why he felt, they asked him essentially why he felt like they didn't do well in the first half and did do well in the second half. Quote, you look in the second half, we were able to convert in a lot of those critical situations, be it third down or giving us an opportunity on fourth down to get the conversion. And we were able to do that and capitalize on that. And you sustain drives and you score points when you do that. Uh, end quote. So kind of just felt that they weren't doing enough in those big money downs in the first half. And they kind of turned it around a little more in the second half, but he did also mention, uh, in that 
interview or in, in that presser that he thought that they got more aggressive in the second half and felt that there were opportunities on some of those first downs in the first half on some of those third downs in the first half rather where the execution just wasn't good enough and he talked about you know a bust on a third down that led to a punt um they had one apparently drawn up to Jaden reed on third down that they felt had the perfect call and they just didn't execute it and dad let's let's start with you want to start with the bad or the good on on offense i mean I got a lot to talk about for the bad. I'm sure you do too. We could talk about some of the good. There's not much. Um, I have just a couple things. Uh, Let's just get the good out of the way. Like, like you could tell from the tone of Matt LaFleur's presser, there was not a lot of positives coming out of the offensive side of the football. They got better in the second half, but the two I had were the running game was certainly improved in this game. So that's something keep in mind though, that Denver's run defense is abysmal. So, you know, you kind of would expect it to be better, but they had a 44.8% success rate. These stats are per rbsdm.com. They had a 44.8% success rate in this game on the in the run, uh, 39.6% success rate through weeks one to six, 0.149 EPA per play on the ground in this game, negative 0.017 EPA per play on the ground through weeks one to six. And then they had 4.6 yards per carry from the running backs through six weeks. They were averaging just 3.1 yards per carry from running backs as a team. The other positive I had was that the second half was actually pretty good. Uh, caveat that it is the Broncos defense, which like we talked about in the pregame, not good, like last or second to last in a lot of metrics, but they did score three straight possessions coming out of halftime, 17 points with drives of 64 yards, 75 yards and 76 yards. And they'd even move the ball 31 yards on that last drive to try and kick a game winning field goal. But then that holding penalty on second and 10 took them back and they couldn't get it going from there. But dad, get the positives out of the way. Do you have anything good to say about the Packers offense in this one? I have a, f- a few small things. So Dylan had another pretty good game. He had his most yards in scrimmage over the year with 95. He had his highest yards per carry this year at 4.1. And he had his longest run of the year with 15 yards. Um, they also had three different running backs with runs over 10 yards. One each for Dylan, Jones, and Wilson. After having only three total yards, runs over 10 yards for the whole season. Coming That's, out to this game. That is a crazy one by, stat. One that by is Taylor a, and two by Dylan. That is a crazy stat that they only had three carries over 10 yards coming into this game. That's absurd. Yeah, through five games. Man. And so they got they, they, they doubled their total for the year. Look at us. With this game. Look Who would have thought? We only had to play the worst run defense in the league. One of the worst run um, defenses of the past, like, five years. And then we could kind of run the ball. We could, we could kind we, we of run at, the ball. We looked competent. Yeah, we were like we looked middle like a of, middle of the we looked like a middle of the road running team. Yeah, against yeah no e- yeah even the positives are not real positives <laughs> in my opinion. Like, take it in context. We'll just ignore the context. For, yeah. to make ourselves feel better for part of it. Exactly. Zach Tom gave up no pressures, as well he's, as having a good run block grade. He's having a very good year. Six on the is, is highest on the team in run blocking grade for this game. He's also, I think I heard somewhere, he's like the number seven tackle in pressure, some some pass pass blocking stat. I can't remember who, whose it was amongst, he's, amongst tackles. He's having a really good year. Uh, Tom is at right tackle. I think they have right tackle set now. The only question to me is, that, do you want to move him to left tackle and, <laughs> and find something else out at right tackle? I wouldn't yeah. hate the idea of moving Tom to left tackle and having Nyman at right tackle. I feel like Walker's really struggling right now he's really struggling um but then that the arg- might be the smart move actually for the rest of the year but at the same time it's like tom's doing so well at right tackle you really want to uproot him like 
the only real bright spot of your offense is kind of how Tom is playing. But it's not like he's never played left tackle. He did it last year. I know. I know. You're right. You're right. But it's... If it's it, if it, I would be more reticent to do it if he hadn't been hadn't played a few games at left tackle last year, sometimes on short notice, and did it well. Yeah, well, the, 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 I think the question is, do you do that, or do you put Nyman at left tackle, or do you just ride it out with Walker because he's the only one of... Nyman's not under contract next year, so you want to see what you have you know with what? Walker. Doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah, I don't I care. It's I don't care. You have players every year who are the last year of the contract. You're going to bench them if they're the best players because they're not the next year? No, no. You don't let the whole thing go down the crapper just so you can observe somebody That's for this fair. year because it's just not working. Because then you can't you can't observe what everybody else is doing. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the. the but negatives. I did have. I, or, did you have another positive? You had another little positive. Like, well, Love completed his. I think his first touchdown on a throw over 20 yards. Yeah, I guess we'll, now, we'll now, the, now the play only gained 16 yards, but it was like 40 yards deep into the end zone. But it was his first uh, touchdown on a... Um, that's that's surprising to me because I would have thought that the one to Wicks against Atlanta was 20 yards, but maybe it was just short. Maybe it was at 19. You know the one I'm talking about across the middle of the field? It was about 18 yards past line. It was close, I guess. Not quite 20. But yeah. yeah, this is the this was at least according to PFF, this was his first one that was a over twenty yards in the air touchdown. Okay, well let's talk about the bad things. We got that out of the way. Um, the entire first half, Dad, especially the game plan. Um, so the game plan. This is this is where I have problems. In the first half, they had just a two point four average depth of target over fourteen plays. <laughs> Mind boggling mind-bogglingly low, and it was not just love checking down. Like, these were just... There was almost nothing designed downfield. This was the second lowest amongst all quarterbacks in the first half in Week 7. Uh, with this low... lowest? Uh, I think Mac Jones had a lower one. If I... I think. I'm not a hundred... I can't remember exactly who had a lower, but he was the second lowest. Um, with this low ADOT, love really struggled. He had an EPA per play of negative .282 which was the sixth worst uh, EPA per play amongst quarterbacks in the first half in week seven and a success rate of 28.6%, which was the third worst success rate amongst quarterbacks in the first half in week seven. And so you're not letting him, you're not, you're kind of tightening up the offense. You're not freeing it up at all. And it's terrible. You're doing nothing in the second half to contrast this. You open it up a bit. This could have gone to the good things. It could have, but you open it up a bit. And you average an A dot of ten point one yards across twenty two plays, and A dot is average depth of target. You know how far a player is throwing it downfield. You let Love throw it downfield a little, a little more, and with this higher A dot came more success. You're posting an EP. He then in the second half posted an EP per play of point two nine one and a success rate of fifty four and a half percent, which were third highest and seventh highest uh, respectively amongst quarterbacks in the second half of Week Seven. So please, for the love of God, let Love throw the ball downfield because I don't know. What we're gaining at all, you're not gaining any development. You're not gaining any evaluation. And you're a worse offense when you're not letting him throw the ball downfield. So what are we doing? I, I mean, it was it was like he heard the criticism too, too acutely about uh, them either like going short or just throwing passes too far downfield that weren't doing anything. Yeah. He says, okay, I'll show you. We won't. We won't. We won't do any of that. Yeah, we can really be a efficient. You know, underneath passing. No, please. It's just not good. It, I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Let him throw it downfield. Let him sink or swim. You just have to trust him. And it felt like in the first half, 
they were just like, no, we're not, we're not going to take any risks. Like we, we, we can beat the Broncos. We just don't need to make, we just need to not make mistakes. And you're so afraid of making mistakes or you don't trust love, or I don't know what it is, but you're so tight that you'd score zero points. You're down nine, nothing to the Broncos at halftime. And like we said before, you've scored six first half points over the last four weeks. Do something, be better. That was my biggest negative uh, in this game. I thought that Matt LaFleur did not call a very good game. I didn't think he coached a very good game. Uh, I'm not on the fire Matt LaFleur bandwagon at all, but that this game, he did not cover himself in glory in this game, we'll say. Dad, what did you have as negatives on offense? I'm sure you had a lot more also. Um, I had a few things. Um, I feel like there's still not, and maybe, I don't know if I've paid enough attention to this before. But they don't take advantage of mismatches. They don't like say, I'm going to keep throwing at that guy until we just beat him into the ground. And, and so, like, their left cornerback was either Mathis or Moreau. Moreau, Mathis, we were talking about before about targeting him in the pregame, but he didn't play that many snaps. But Moreau was also below average corner. But they ended up targeting Sertan as often as the two of them come up. So. Make why? it make sense. Why? Why are why, we throwing it at the only throwing at their best corner? They're only good. Yeah. So that yeah. didn't. So that was something that was driving me a little crazy. And as you mentioned, it's just another miserable first half on offense. Getting shut out by the worst defense in the league. We only got a hundred yards in the first half to a team that gives up four hundred twenty-four yards per game. It's Green bad. Bay, so I, I I went through. And just longhand, ground through all the play-by-plays of every team for the season so far. For for the whole season, Green Bay takes the fifth longest to get to a touchdown worth of points. So to get to seven points. Were that that good? Fifth? We're the four teams worse worse than us. I know you said the Giants, obviously. It takes us 33 minutes. So on average, we don't get to seven points until the third quarter. My goodness. I I can't say I'm surprised because I've so I've watched the, the games the team, now. We've scored six total points in the first <laughs> the half. The worst for the season are Cincinnati, who's basically about the same, and then Tennessee, the Jets, New England, and then the Giants. We're really up there and with so, the big boys now. We're really yeah, I know. really we're, cooking we're, with we're, gas. We're in rarefied company at the moment. However. I then went just quick, looked at just the last five weeks. So let's take what after the first two weeks where we were looking a little better. So now we're dead last. Oh, so if you if, if you, you don't have the Bears game, we're dead last is what well, you're saying. Well, the Bears and the Falcons. You take away oh, the first. Yes, okay. So just That's go true. the last four games, which you had been talking about a little bit. So you go over the last four games for us and five games for everybody else. Yeah, now we're dead last. Now we don't get to seven points until 12 and a half minutes into the third quarter. On into the third quarter, not left in the third quarter. So no, so three and a half minutes two, left in the th- in the third quarter two, is when we're getting two and to a half touchdown. Left, on average, two and a half minutes left in the third quarter when we're getting to a touchdown. Oh, that's right. Yes. Two and a half. Oh my goodness! I mean, we haven't cracked a touchdown worth of points in the first co- in the first half through four games. We're just, we're gonna need another game for that. Oh, it's 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 really bad. It's it's laughably bad. The first half offense is a, a dark comedy. They they're just going yeah three and out, three and out. It's like and. And the one thing the I, game did, to, I did want to do is like, yeah, how many plays does it take us to get our first first down of a game compared to other teams? It's not the number good. of times we go three and out in the beginning of the game is kind of mind boggling. 
Yeah, and that'd be an interesting exercise too. It, um, just grind through and say, okay, how many plays do we have to get before we get a first down? It's it's something because you know, open the game, run for what was it? Run for two yards, run for a yard, third and seven. I mean, third and seven is not where you want to be. It's not great, and I understand you know you're calling run plays because the Broncos have a terrible run defense, but. Uh, execute yeah. it's uh, the players too it's not just the coaching it's it, the coaching is not good i mean we saw that by the fact they weren't throwing the ball downfield at all in the first half but yeah and and you know maybe the plan was oh well like we'll dump it off and we talked about this the broncos were one of the worst tackling teams in the last decade since 2011 and somehow yeah. we're and and so maybe that was the plan it didn't work i mean i I still think you need to open up the offense a little bit more. Like you can get guys going on the run. And the thing is, even when they were doing these short dump offs, no one was in like had any kind of momentum when they were catching the ball. It was a bunch of like just short curls. Uh, third down, you're throwing short of the sticks. Like it's it's just bad. It's like what are you? What are we? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? What is? What are we gaining? What are we getting better at? We're getting worse every week. You you lose. You get blown out by the Lions. Okay, the Lions are pretty good. I know they. They got smacked by the Ravens, but um, you get blown out by the Lions. It's on a short week. You don't have most of your offensive line. Fine. You lose to the Raiders. You have your bye week, and then you lose to the Broncos. Oh, my goodness. What are we doing here? Dad, anything this more? This is why when we were talking earlier, it's like we have passed the maybe the two or, th- or three easiest games of the schedule. So far. We still play Carolina. Carolina's okay. worse. Okay. Carolina might be worse. And we maybe. play the Giants. Okay. We play the – we play Carolina and the Giants still, so we, we might two, be able to get two more wins. We might be able, to, and we so we play Carolina. Maybe we'll this kind of split. Maybe we're going to split we'll those. Split Carolina, <laughs> the Giants, the Bears, and the Vikings twice. So the only thing I could say for these two games, they were on the road. Yeah, I guess. And so it's unfortunate that our more, I guess, our two easier AFC West games were on the road. Where we had you, a chance you, to win if they're at home, and our two that are harder are at home where we're not going to win anyway. Yeah, that's, that's the way true. We're, the way we're playing. It's funny that it's just the opposite of the argument you usually have. It's like, oh, we want to play those tough teams at home, and we'll get rid of the cupcakes on the road. Now we're let's let's please stack some wins. But we're getting dangerously close to. I was telling you this is like we're getting to that point where it's like not really. I'll be watching, but I can't say I'm super excited to watch the Packers next weekend. <laughs> when when you are the cupcake, it is hard to knock off another cupcake on the road. That's a good point. That's that's a good point. And the, the Packers were favored in this game, but it was only a point. So it's not great, Dad. Anything else for the offense? Um it's just bad. I they're getting more... into they're they're getting into like the this team is you can't be bad and not fun to watch. You can be one of them. You cannot be both, please. Yeah, because at least do games, something. And like the first halves of games are almost unwatchable. Almost, almost unwatchable. Almost unwatchable entire first halves of games. They they scored six points over the last four weeks. That's 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 two full games of football. You scored six points. I mean, come on, teams. They're better than that. They're not good, but they're better than yeah, that. It's just that it's, it's, I don't know what it is this year about being like totally unable to get anything going in the first half of a game. I think and it then is. The second half, they can put it together. I mean, we there kind of so did. There's so many mistakes to be made. I mean, they get made. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I do think... Do you remember in the preseason, we're like, oh, you know, Jordan Love, he's, he's starting the game a little rough, but he kind of settled in. Is that... Is did, is there anything there? You think it's kind of similar? Like, <laughs> is, he's settling into games? Or do you think it's... I, I don't even know. I, I do think this one specifically was coaching. This one specifically, I was like, my, my goodness, we're not letting him do anything. Like, we... We don't even – we're not even taking they, yeah, any chance. Yeah, trust him to throw it eight yards downfield. They wouldn't even throw it eight yards downfield on third and seven, it felt like. It's like, yeah, no, it it's not good. Dad, what more do you have on the offense? Just keep it going. So, deep passing is a major problem. No, it's officially a, It's officially not good. I was, no. well, I was giving patience. Love has – I have serious me, concerns about the deep ball right now. Let me tell you about – so, we're talking about the company we keep. So uh, a couple times this this episode. So his grade this week on for on throws over twenty yards is thirty point seven according to PFF. So that was even with a touchdown because he had the the pick. So despite yeah. getting his first touchdown over ten yards, oh that maybe that was only over ten. No no no. So that would that was, sorry that was over twenty. But for the season, his grade I think it's I forget the number it might be forty eight. On passes over 20 yards, he is only ahead of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Bailey Zappi, and Aiden O'Connell on throws over 20 yards. It's not good. That's where that's where love is on the deep ball. That's how bad it is. And I know I get, heard... It's hard to get much lower than that. And Dan Orlovsky was talking on Get Up this morning about how he felt, you know, the mechanic stuff is kind of a little all over the place for him right now. He was also talking about how he doesn't think he's seeing the field as well as he was earlier in the year, but the mechanic stuff, he's like, Felix, he's bouncing at the top of his drops. He's not stepping through throws. He's doing like Aaron Rodgers things. Just, just, you know, just let's get back to the fundamentals. Like I, I just, he's not hitting anything deep at all. The accuracy can be, is getting, the balls are getting sprayed all over the place. If you're looking for, any positives uh, from Jordan Love in this game? The only thing that you can really say is that on play action passes, uh, he was nine for nine for ninety yards and two touchdowns. That's 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 all you got in this game. That's they really need positive. To do more play action. And yeah. That, so maybe do they do any of the first half? Do they just wait to the second half to bother to do play action? I don't have those numbers. This these are per Zach Cruz on Twitter. I didn't have them written down, but I have them here in front of me right now. Uh, it's interesting. So when kept clean, Jordan Love was bad. Uh, 13 of 20 for 73 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, with no play action, he was bad. 12 of 22 for 90 yards and a pick. Under pressure, he was actually quite good. 8 of 11 for 107 yards and a touchdown. And then, like we said, with play action, he was also good. 9 of 9 for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Weird game from Jordan Love. I actually thought, until the last drive, he played pretty well. Um... I know, obviously, the deep ball is concerning. It's not good. The but deep I, ball has been kind of a concern, but they just didn't do much of it this game. He basically executed what they asked of him. It was just a terrible idea. Yeah, and but in, but on that last drive, I mean, you can't Except throw that pick. Time. You can't throw yeah, that just, one behind he, he Watson. Read, and I think he had a couple plays on that last drive where he read wrong as well. He he yeah. had like there were other for like a dump off for like ten or fifteen yards, um, and then that ball was yeah. It's, covered and it was lobbed up there, so there's a lot of time for the safety to come over. And and, and Matt Lafleur talked about it. He thought it was it was a timing thing as well because you look at like 
he's going to have to huck that thing like 85 yards downfield to put it in the right spot. Can Is anyone making that throw if you wait that long to throw it? Like, like he probably put everything he could on it. If You just got to throw it sooner, I think, I guess, not hold it as long. I don't even know. Malafloy did mention that the timing on that play was bad. Um, but yeah, or just live to see another day. Don't feel like you need to chuck it up. Kind of similar to what happened in the Raiders game, although the Raiders game, I, I think I put a little more on Watson than on Love. Because, you know, in that one, Love's getting pressured. He's getting out of the pocket. He's throwing it up to a guy who has a major size advantage, and it just doesn't work out. He underthrows it, but also Watson isn't there to make the play on it. In this one, you got a clean pocket. There's not any pressure. You're at the back of your drop. You're bouncing around back there, and you just throw up a prayer with the safety over the top. And Yeah, and he could have dumped it off to the running back for about 10, maybe 15 yards. Yeah, I know that I, I always hate just looking at a screenshot and being like, oh, the running back's open. It's like you don't know where he was in the progression, but... You gotta, you gotta see it's not there. Like I don't know, I don't know. I mean, what he's looking at wasn't open. That's true. That's true. And and just waited too long. And safety made a good play. Hats off to them. Uh, anything else on offense, Dad? Um, the line wasn't some... great. The line was the line was not not terrible, yeah. but so not great. Th- th- Walker Walker struggling. So... Jenkins is not playing to like a Pro Bowl level at all right now. I think he's still no. hurt. I think he's not 100% at all. Uh, he's toughing through it. Uh, Myers was okay. Runyon was bad. Myers had a good pass blocking grade. By far his best of the season. But he was still bad in the run. This, that's his whole, That's um, the whole story and, with him. Is he's Myers good at pass up, blocking. And Myers gave and, up no pressures. So he's given up some pressures before with uh, basically mistakes. Yeah, but he's, um, but, he's but a but pretty he good pass blocker and a, a negative run blocker at this stage in his yeah. career. So one thing I would have curious, though they didn't really run the – Plays is like, would the offense operate better with Tom at center and Nyman at right tackle? There are so few plays we had. And one of them was the the trick play, the throw by Wicks. That was fun, at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 hey, this is what we're looking for now. That was and, fun, and at Nyman, least. That's and Nyman graded better than Walker for, for his few snaps. So it was, wasn't very many snaps. It was like four snaps or something. Nyman is better than Walker, right? Like, I'm not... I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I... I know Walker was better than him in the preseason. I don't know and... what the deal is with their opinion of Nyman because they were talking about him negatively. Yeah. Well, I mean, you remember what Stenovich said about him. Yeah. Sten- Stenovich was chewing him out publicly to the press yeah. about how he thought he would not did not show up this offseason like, like ready to play. But anyway, offense bad. Dad, let's just move to the defense. Let's get, let's get this over with. Uh, the defense was not it wasn't terrible but it also wasn't great um this is what they're saying what matt lafleur had to say about it uh quote we hold people to under 20 points i expect to win the game i still think there's another level there in terms of we have to find a way to generate some more takeaways end quote uh so yeah i think that's that's fair you know the defense did enough to win the game um there were certainly some positives i'll start with my positives um the first the good thing is red zone defense. Uh, four trips to the red zone and only one touchdown is quite good. Uh, that 25% would be the third best in the NFL this year per teamrankings.com. So that's a major positive. Um, Dad, what did you have on the good side for the defense? Because, you know, at the same time, Broncos aren't exactly a world-beater level offense. No. Um, I had Rashawn Gary had six pressures in 23 pass rush snaps. So... Continuing to have a continuing to have a really nice year uh, for the Packers so far. 
coming off injury, and then, which is great. Yeah. And then McDuffie, well, he's still filling in for uh, Campbell. He had 10 tackles with only one miss. Um, one, one missed tackles out of, out of 10 made tackles. Um, had his, and plus, he had his highest coverage grade by um, PFF so far this season. Yeah. Giving up only six yards per reception into his coverage and a QB rating of only 74.3. Yeah, he was he was fine. He was solid. Um, I didn't. I you didn't notice him making many a ton of mistakes out there, and there were yeah. a decent number I mean, of his 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 average like depth of tackle, as it were, wasn't great. But he was there cleaning up for the most part. Yeah, I, I guess there's that. But Dad, definitely some negatives um, on the defense as well. Uh, the first one I had, you know, is I, I'm sure there are more positives on defense we could talk about, but. It's just not the tone of this episode, you know. The tone of this episode is not very cheerful. I don't know if you've picked up on it yet, listeners, but it's not great. Things are not going well. Um, bad things. You enjoy, you're enjoying that poop sandwich? I know, right? Bad things. Ben don't break defense, like, just by definition. I mean, they bent so hard. Uh, almost 38 yards per drive allowed by the defense, which would be the second worst in the league for the whole season, per pro football reference. They just let them walk it down. And when they needed to not bend at the end of the game, they they just let them come down and get in field goal range pretty much immediately. Uh, there was not a whole lot of resistance getting into field goal range, and that was a moment where you really needed to stop. And kind of once again, the defense played a pretty decent game on the whole. Like Matt Lafleur said, when you hold a team under twenty, you expect to win. But in the big moments when they need stops, they couldn't get it. Only had one sack on the day. Overall, the run defense was pretty putrid. They allowed 6.2 yards per carry to the Denver running backs. That's terrible. Corner play was bad. Uh, Carrington Valentine got picked on pretty terribly in this one. Not really his fault. He's a rookie seventh-round pick, but yikes. The Packers didn't have a single pass breakup in this game. Not one. Not one pass breakup. Broncos receivers were targeted 12 times for 11 catches and 140 yards. Uh uh, Judy and Sutton combined for 11 targets and 11 catches that just no one's stopping them. No one's stopping them at all. Um, pretty much the whole game bad that like, that was all bad. Um, I'm sure you have some negatives as well. Those were the ones that stood out to me. Tackling was bad in this game too. I think I saw you had that too, but it, it was, it was not like the defense yeah. was, was probably good enough to win. But, you know, in a lot of ways, like, red zone defense is kind of, like, random and noisy. And the fact that you had a major outlier red zone, like, performance is kind of hiding the fact that you did let the Broncos kind of move the ball at will for a lot of this game. So 38 yards per drive is bad. That's not good. You just let them come down the field. And that's the thing that we were talking about. It's like, it feels like when this defense really needs to get a stop to save the game, it just doesn't happen. Not if and part they, of it is related to this bend, but don't break. We'll just let him get 40 yards, 30, yeah. 40 yards. If, um, if they're up a touchdown, I, I feel like they they probably do it. But if they're up like two to three, like anything, field goal or less, like pray they miss. Like the Saints game, even the game they won in the Saints game. Saints got in field goal range. They had like a 40-yard field goal to win it. Guy just missed it. Like yep. the, the defense did not get the stop they needed in that game. Like we just kind of forget about it. But no. yeah, we just lost out in that one. Got lucky. Yeah, it's not good. And and you can't just survive on being lucky. At the same time, you know, like it, you look at the box scores at 17 points, you should win that game. Yeah, but eh, or 19 points or whatever it is, less less than 20 points, you should win that game. But yeah, not great. Yeah. And so if you talk about the tackling, 
Yeah, they had 13 missed tackles this game for a missed tackle rate of like 18.8%, according to PFF. They're, and it's their worst rate of the season for for uh, tackling missed tackle yeah. percentage. For, for reference, the worst, I was going to um, say, for uh, for reference, um, the league leader right now, current worst in the NFL, is 11.8 missed tackles per game as a team. Yeah. So worse than so what the worst last. team in the league is doing, yeah. And if if this was a yeah. whole season, it would be last. It was, and it felt worse than thirteen. Honestly, it, it felt it felt like they were just diving at guys' ankles left and right anytime they decided to run the ball. I mean, just free, so free. I, I was, yeah, very yeah, frustrating. People just sliding off of ball carriers. Yeah, getting stiff armed, trying getting to tackle high and missing. Oh. Yeah, not good, not good. I mean, I mean was it the, ways... the the one that stood out to me? It was like, what was it? It was I want to say second and. 25 and they had like a 19 yard run and it was like oh cool like that they're surrender that's the surrender if they're running on second and 25 they're surrendering that they're not doing anything else on that drive they also had like what was it the second and 31 where they got like 25 yards on but they managed to stop them on third down i I think that's probably the one i was thinking of there's another one i think where that they also had a long and they ran it and got it down to got over 10 yards on the run but anyway that's Not I feel great. like we've seen that so many times over the last few years. Um, yeah, and so they're they're tackling great. It was like thirty five point eight, and they're, they're and for the season they're sixty six point one, slightly above average. Yeah, they've been a little bit. They've been better. I look back at the other um, weeks, and their tackling grade was much better, like single digit uh, percentage for Rem- the uh, missed tackle rate. Uh, it's rates. it's crazy to think but this that- one was bad. It's crazy to think two years ago this was like one of the best tackling teams in the league. I don't know what happened. They, they had been they had been improved so far this year before this week. This was because of a reversion to last year. They, I mean, they made um, the Broncos it, look like look like good tack like who are one of the worst tackling teams in in a decade. Yeah. And they, and been, they still been, made the Broncos uh, Denver's best yeah. tackling performance of the season. Yeah, it's it's, it's sort of fallen over. It's not good. Um, I mean, in some ways, I'm, I'm thinking about as you talked about the, the the tackling where they're like diving and like almost missing. It made me think like, are we bringing up there... the are we bringing up the Alvin Kamara play again? Because I th- no, is no. We're going? I'm actually I'm thinking about the Deguara's block compared to. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if you want to pivot compared back to, to offense, some of our tackling some of our tackling um, attempts in this game, Deguara was driving me crazy yeah, in this speaking game. Of bad I things was on offense. going insane. When he false started at the goal line, I was ripping my hair out. The false start at the goal line, he missed two. That's the same way. He missed two times on blocks going left. And that's probably why he felt like he needed a head start in the next one. But, I mean, he's Superman flying through the air, and he didn't even touch the guy. It's, it, was, oh, it, was it was bad. That one was it's so bad. Comically bad. It was so bad. And if, it I know, if it wasn't, if it didn't happen to the Packers, what's the Packers player? I've been laughing at that. Yeah. that play for a week. I mean, he didn't even touch twice. He went out. He was he's pulling out, and he doesn't even touch the guy. And the thing with Guara is, the only thing he does well is block. So usually, his best part of his game is being a lead blocker in the run game. And he's and not he even making like, contact. That one entirely. Twice, no. It was two different. It was two different ones. Two he different didn't ones. even touch the guy. It was so. It was such a. It was a really poor day from Deguara, and he was. He was really. And the worst is like you know, when it's like okay, the only thing you really do is block, and and not make contact. Like that's that was driving me crazy. Yeah. And and there there were other like Elton Jenkins' hole drove me crazy in this game. I mean, I could just 
I could rant. Like you have Carrington Valentine's numbers up. I you didn't read them, but I will. Um, you found this. Yeah, that was what I was going to go to next. The one last thing. In yeah. The, uh, six the, receptions the, the, the on bad thing in the defense six receptions you have this i'm just going to take it from you six receptions on seven targets for 89 yards and a 118.8 quarterback rating into his coverage i mean i know he had a really good preseason but he did it's not like look ready in this game neon light over his head out there in the field oh yeah it was third and third and six like okay we're just going to run like an outbreaker to Cortland sutton and they did that like three different times in a row in the first half i don't i i didn't they kind of yeah. they must have at you least tightened it up a little but judy getting yeah, you know, all of a sudden, and he's been terrible this year. Yeah, until he played played our defense. Yeah, and the thing is, the secondary is supposed to be, I don't know, and and you know, you it, do it lose, hurts not having Jair out there. It hurts not having Jair. I know he's not even having he's not even having his best year, but he's he's still one of their better players. And Stokes getting hurt early in this game hurt as well. I mean, to get hurt on a punt gunner like that's just that's the that's the cherry on top to have the guy <laughs> even waiting to get back get hurt. On Chef's special teams. kiss on that one, where we're easing him in with some special teams play. Is that easing him in, having him sprint out, full, sprint full out on punt coverage? Question. It's a good question. Is that really a wise way to get somebody, get somebody's feet wet? Yeah, just with, like, full sprint. Drop him into a full sprint? Yeah. And, and off the bench, because you're yeah. punting. So the offense was on the field. Eric Stokes comes off the bench cold to run a full dead sprint, 50 yards downfield. With a bad, with like a bad no leg, we have hamstring injuries. Yeah, it's like what were, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, defense wise, I'm trying to think if anything else is really coming to mind that yeah. that really yeah. ticked me off. Nothing. And one thing I forgot particular. to mention in the play was like offensive line penalties, blocking penalties. Yes, yeah. yeah, penalties in general in this game. Um, I mean, it wasn't wasn't the most egregious set of penalties we've seen from the Packers in this game. Uh, but the, like we said earlier, the Elton Jenkins holding, like really was like, man, it, it hurts extra when it's like you're the players where your best players are making mistakes that are really putting you behind the eight ball. Um, but yeah, no, pretty tough. Uh, not great. Do you want to move on to special teams or is there anything on defense you wanted to touch on still? Um, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Do I just want to sit here and just think about this game more? I, I mean, know. we we could think about this game more. I'm just I'm just trying to think of things off the top of my head. Uh, Matt Lafleur did say in this game this is more of an offense thing that he he did think they want to get Dontavian Wicks more involved. Um, he looked pretty good in his limited snaps out there. He only played 22 percent of snaps. I think he also was like we said dealing with a little bit of an injury, so maybe would have played a few more snaps if he didn't have to come off for a bit. Um, might need to get conscripted into more duty anyways with. Um, Christian Watson possibly missing time, but that's yeah, something to yeah. keep an eye on for next game. Uh, he does look pretty good out there, but it's the same time. It's like, you know, it's, it's hard to have, it's hard to develop four receivers at once. Um, it's hard to get them all like the yeah. snaps that they need. Uh, and then also get a tight end, the snaps that they need. And then also, you know, you have to have kind of like Aaron Jones out there. Cause he's your best player. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but yeah, moving on special teams. Um, Anders Carlson is no longer perfect. Uh, missed his first kick of the year, uh, 43 yarder. Um, he made another field goal later in the game. I'm not really that concerned. I, he was he was not going to. I'm. I hope I'm not breaking a, any news. A he miss was, was uh, a, inevitable. A miss was inevitable. Yes, he was not going to never miss a kick. So I'm not really that worried about it. He's been one of the lone bright spots on this team so far this year. To be honest, um, he's been pretty good. Uh, you can't get upset over one missed kick. 
So special teams, I get like it's a pass. I mean, I, I, you could give it a F minus for um, having Stokes out there, I guess. But yeah, no, special teams is, is fine. Um, Dad, what did you have for special teams? So since I had Whelan, um, he had an above average punting game by by his grade. 51.7 average and a 41.3 yard net with two inside the 20. His average per punt, the 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 gross 51.7, would be second in the league for the season. So I'll give mm-hmm. him a little shout out. Yeah, for he had, having maybe his best punting game of the year. Yeah, he had he had not had a, although, you know, yeah, he had, he had not had a good year coming in, but he, he did have a good game in this one. You're right. Um, but dad. Let's just let's get this over. Is there anything else you wanted to rant about? Um, ranting and raving. Anything else you wanted to, to get off your chest about this game or this team in general going forward? Um, I feel I, like this team has so many things wrong with it. It's bad coaching in terms of play calling. It seems to be bad coaching in terms of player development. Is anybody getting better on this team? That's a good question. This was something that I can't remember who posted online. Who is... Besides Rashawn Gary, what player has gotten better in the last three years? Yeah. Open-ended yeah. question. Is there is there one? Is there a player who has improved in the last three years, like like noticeably or substantially? You you could say Jordan Love is better than when he first got here. Like, sure. That's not can, saying. Can much. you? Because we didn't see him play. I I think I think yes. I mean, he's he's at least passable. Like at times, I don't think he would have been that in his first year, but. Gary, yeah. Uh, anyone else really gotten better? Savage has gotten worse. Uh, beyond that, you know, Jenkins Quaywalk, is getting worse. Jenkins Jair's has gotten getting worse. worse. Yeah, players are getting worse. It's um, it's not good. Um, Tom is maybe getting better. Tom's just always been good, though. I feel like he was always he's good just been solid. So it's hard yeah. to say. It's just I think yeah. this is the thing we hear this about well. The players aren't executing. It's not the coach's problem because they call the play. The players are executing. I feel like the players aren't prepared well enough. They yeah. don't know well, the playbook running... well enough. They're running the wrong routes. Whose they're... fault is that? Yeah, they're running if stick. You haven't, if they haven't been taught properly. They're running stick on third down, and two guys are standing on top of each other, and you don't get you don't convert. Like that's that's a position coach problem because that's the position coach's job to relay that information. But if a lot of position coaches are not executing, it's the head coach's job for hiring all of them. Like, and it's, yeah. and, you know, the Bucks so, got to stop so, somewhere. Right. So there's a lot of coaching problems that go beyond game day, in my opinion. Yeah. Whatever they're doing preparation-wise, whatever and they're then, doing. So th- go ahead. Sorry. And that's on offense. And then on defense, you just know they're going to eventually break your heart. Yeah. It's like, they might have an overall good game, but right now it seems like when push comes to shove and it's winning and it's time to make the play to stop the game, to – Close out the game. Yeah. How many like how many no. times have we just had the had the defense shut the door to end the game? They don't force it turnovers. Rare. They don't force turnovers. They yeah, kind of let you move the turnovers they get. They kind of let you move the ball as like as you want. And and these are not good teams they're playing. Like they played against the Bears, bad offense. They played against the Saints bad offense they play like like not a good offense at least like we've seen we saw Derek Carr on Thursday night Derek Carr it's it's his best days are behind him we'll say played against and the Raiders and the Broncos like they're not playing against the best offense they played is Atlanta and Atlanta kind of ran it down their throats 
And so it's like, like you can say that the defense has been solid this year at times, but it's not like the strength of schedule has been great. Like, and well, to be fair, the strength of schedule is not great. The rest of the year, the Packers have actually have a really weak schedule this year, which would have been great a lot of other years. But hey, any other team looking at us on their schedule is also saying the same thing, apparently. Uh, but Dad, let's. I I got I don't have the energy for this for anymore. I'm. Yep. I'm getting worked up. Again. That, was, that was just my little rant. Yeah. Let's just well, time to time let's to get this, this over with. Uh, player of the game, Dad. I feel like it had to be Zach Tom. He was pretty much like the only player that played well. I guess a uh, Gary too. I guess, but I had I had pick Zach Tom. Yeah. So since you picked Zach Tom, I, I, I decided to go something different. So we talk about somebody else, and I went with Wicks. You know. So yeah, give a shout out. One of for one for his only target. Yeah. For such others, completing a pass, and he's yep. actually he was blocking well as well. Yeah. No. He, he, and. I, I he does need to play more. I just worry like, who are you taking off the field? Uh, Watson's your highest ceiling receiver and your only speed. Reed's looked really good in the slot, and that's not really Wicks's natural position. So here's the question. And then Dobbs has is been Wicks your best ceiling. Is Wicks's ceiling higher than Dobbs? That's a decent question. I would say yes. His ceiling is higher, but Dobbs has shown the best connection with Love, and has been their best receiver this year in terms of. Targets, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, completion percentage when targeted. So you also need to think about what's best for love and what's best for yep. his development in terms of who you're putting out there. And when, and like, he seems to enjoy, like, not enjoy, he seems to find success targeting Dobbs and like tar- targeting Dobbs. So it's, I don't think you want to pull him off the field too much because he would be the one you would probably be taking off for Wicks. And, and maybe you could do a little more of a split there, but. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway, those are our players of the game. This has been our post-game rant, our post-game analysis, whatever you'd like to call it. Thank you so much for listening. We know this is a difficult time to be Packers fans. The team is not very good. But, you know, we just keep moving. And we'll be bringing you a preview for the game against the Vikings next week. Uh, Hopefully the Packers can win. We'll see. We'll be talking all about what we think is going to happen in that game later this week. Like we said before, if you like what you hear here, come give us a follow on Twitter at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out, like we said, uh, statistics we find interesting, articles we find interesting when we have new episodes, pieces of Packers news, etc. And come give us a follow on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. We also put all our episodes out on YouTube, so if you want to subscribe to us there, we would really appreciate it. Whew, man, this has been, you know, this has been a tough one, as this game was watching, but Thank you again for listening, and until next time, Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.